Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute podcast, the show that will take you from your nine to five to living a life on your terms. We hear from the experts themselves, sharing how they created their success and give you actionable steps to help you create a lifestyle by design. Becoming a buyer's agent requires passion, dedication, and great mentorship. This podcast will share with you all three so that you can turn buying property into a career. So whereabouts are you investing at the moment? Uh, across the country, really. Um, pretty much all states outside of Northern Territory and reviewing you know, parts of Brisbane, Adelaide, some parts of Sydney, commercial, residential, and a few major regional markets as well. Welcome back to the Buyers Agent Institute show. I'm your host, Ben Handler. Today, we have the privilege of Arjun Paliwal joining us. He started a company called Investikit based in Sydney. It's a national investment company. He's built that company into an incredible company over the last 13 months. And today we're going to dive into learning more about his journey. Welcome, Arjun. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And before you obviously started your business, you were in the corporate game, mm-hmm. CBA. How long are you in that game for? Um, well, I actually moved over from New Zealand, what, nine years ago? And CBA itself was seven of those nine years. So okay. straight into it. Nice. And before CBA, I hear... You're a dancer or? Yeah, look, I was into a bunch of things. So funnily enough, um, when I moved over from New Zealand to here, I had a few mutual friends that were connected from New Zealand and Australia that went to dancing. And uh, that led to a lot of cool stuff. Like um, the people I was dancing with, we got to do some, you know, curtain raises for Justice Crew. Um, We were able to, you know, dance around, get paid for some of it as well. And it was just that study you know, play a bit of basketball, and I didn't really imagine all of this happening from then, but yeah, that's where it all started, dancing. <laughs> nice. What, were there any skills from that dancing time that you've been able to transfer into what yeah. you're doing now? I definitely say routine, practice, action, make mistakes, get back up. Like in dancing, you make a lot of mistakes. And from a routine that you practice again and again, um, even bas- basketball, which is another massive hobby, you miss a lot of shots. I still miss a lot of shots even now because I'm not, not brushed up as I used to be. But from that, that whole no fear of making a mistake because you just got to keep practicing something until you can get it right, uh, I think that's the most transferable skill. And, and as a result of practice uh, comes discipline, just really getting that right. That's right. And property is your hobby, would you say? Oh, it's a hobby, passion, and, and just so much more running your BA business, has that, does that feel like work for you? Not at all. Um, really for, for work, I think it's a bit of an overused word. I just don't resonate with that word. I just don't feel it. Um, what I do now is making relationships with people, helping them out with goals that they're looking to achieve and feeling like I am in a position to help them because of my own personal experience as well as how engulfed I am with what I'm doing every day. And that's where the BA is just a label for this business. Um, but really it's just helping people kick some pretty cool goals. You seem like a, I mean, I've watched your journey over 13 months or 15 or 14, however long it's been, it's around that time. It's been a remarkable journey. You've grown very quickly. It seems like you've got that natural entrepreneurial blood. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I pinch myself every day, like with how fast it's growing. 
and what's happened. It's not like this is my fifth or sixth business deep. This is my first business, right? Um, but what I feel that I, I guess, enjoy the most out of this growth or this entrepreneurship journey has just been having a group of people around me, mentors like yourself, and just people that I can reflect off of. Because whilst it's a, you know, a new business for me, it's not a new concept. It's not a new you know, thing that has never been done. And, and success leaves those trails. And I think from that, whilst I can say that, yeah, cool, it's gone really well in the first year, it's not just because of me, it's because there's people out there that have done well, like yourself and, and a few others, and I'm just picking out what's worked and really applying it every day. How important is it to surround yourself with the right people? How important has it been for you since starting your new business to surround yourself with the right people? Yeah, look, uh, critical. Mindset's everything, and I know it's an overused word a little bit, but um, I don't mean mindset in terms of, you know, having certain things that you do to condition the mind or, or what you eat or all that. Like, those are important. But what I mean by mindset in its greatest form to me is just the words that come out of the mouths of people around you. Like, that is everything. Like, if you really think about it, like, our whole day is speaking and listening, speaking and listening, speaking and listening. And um, by just changing the people around you of who listens and what they say... That's what's been super important in this journey. So having those people around you from, yes, you can do that. I used to do this. I've done this. Have you tried this? Rather than, oh, I'm not sure about that. I don't think they'll work. And, and it's crazy. I think most of the people who come up with ideas or thoughts or how they can help people or how they can help or start a business or what they should do, um, most of the problem is that people speak it out to the wrong people. And then that just kills everything because the responses to it kill your mind. So I think to answer your question, it's the most important because having these people around me has made me just continually speak what's on my mind, this growth journey, and it's all come really well. I blasted a post, I think yesterday or the day before, recognizing you for what you've done and listening. You're a phenomenal listener. You're someone who you listen with intent and then you actually go and execute. And some people don't do the listening, but they execute somehow and it goes wrong, or some people listen, but they can't execute. Have you always been someone who has been curious about what other people do or just your learning and you've always been a good listener? Or is this something you've developed over the last few years? This definitely developed throughout my banking career, really started there. Um, I always used to ask myself, there's a thousand plus branch managers in this one bank I worked for. Why is this happening to me? Like, why is this all going so well? And I, I found there was one key difference. People don't realize in that industry, and even in the buyer's agent industry, when you're buying property for people or in the banking space doing loans, there are some very successful people that walk through the doors. Too often you get focused on your internal organization, the next general manager, the next executive. You know, she's really good at that, he's really good at that, the CEO. But you don't realize that there are multiple CEOs walking to your business every day, multiple people who've had it all go wrong and had it all go right. That was the game changer, listening to customers, hearing their stories, not just realizing there's a deal to be done here. That's going to happen. People don't walk to your door in the bank just to ask what the time is or how's your day been. They walk in with the purpose of, can you help me with this or I'm thinking about this. So I always anticipated the deal was going to happen of some sort. Just cater it to them. But the main thing was, they have to disclose everything. <laughs> I'm in a role where people have to tell you what they have, what they spend, what they earn, 
what's wrong with asking that question of how did you get there? Where did it all start for you? And so that started with me. I had customers coming in and I just was curious, very, very curious. Stories, what are they, how, do they, how do they lose everything? Like when they're coming to discharge their home because they had a distress sale, how did that happen? How did they get to that point? When they're coming to buy multiple properties and it's their 10th, 15th to 20th. When someone in flip-flops comes in and, and they've got 15, 20 million in assets and, and they're, you know, just scruffy and this and that. Like, that doesn't have to look the piece, right? I just threw all these judgmentals out of my way. And that's when it changed for me. Just asking people about how they did something, how something went well, went wrong, and just listen to their stories. And, and I think I just took that on from banking to now property. And just, I'll never let go of that. I'll just always ask questions. It's just, I, I don't consider myself someone who goes to innovate or finds the next coolest idea. I just am someone who goes, how did you do it? What did you do? Why did you do it? What was the purpose? Who was helped along the way? What were the mistakes made? And just go do it. Like it doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah, I admire you for your curiosity. It's a, it's a skill that I, it's, it's a skill that, or it's a talent. It's, it's something that not everyone has. A lot of people like to talk. You know, we've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. However, a lot of people prefer to talk as opposed to listen. And also, as you get curious around, if you've got these customers coming in who are ultra successful, well, how did you get all those properties and why did you fail? And you were, you were already curious at that stage, so that, that's awesome. I know what it's like leaving the corporate world. You're stuck with, you, I feel like you're in a, you can be in a very closed circle environment and it limits you with understanding well, this is my perspective, it can limit you from understanding what is capable in the real world to what you can actually do and create. And I know the feeling of when you leave the corporate world and you start your own business, the positive emotion that gets triggered like liberation, freedom, creativity, you feel empowered. When you started InvestorKid, like how did you feel when you started to get a bit of traction coming from that corporate world? What was going on for you? The first feeling that was going through my mind was responsibility. Like I felt a huge positive weight on the shoulders. Um, and, and, and what it was, was there are people coming in and they were always doing that in the banking space. But when it was your own, your own brand, you, people coming in and trusting you with everything to help them out. And that was a really special feeling for me. And off the back of that, I just realized the more and more I did that, the more and more I could help people, the scale that I could apply, the people I could help, that responsibility starts with that feeling, but then it turns into an outcome for them. They've achieved something, whether it's the first or the next investment, um, the wealth that's being created. And so for me, that's where it started. That feeling of, just that positive feeling of responsibility in a good way, and then from there going to, you know, through scaling this and, and helping more people, you're making huge differences to people's lives. Like they're trusting you with a massive financial decision here. And if and should that all go well, makes a huge difference to what they can do as a result of it all. So that was my first feeling. What, why do you get out of bed each day at the moment? What, what, is, really, what is really driving you to, to build your business and the journey you're going on? At first, it wasn't as clear. Um, because I just want to just help people and as a result of helping people you're also helping yourself like that was the first thought um, but when you know some of my team started building out that's when it really hit me and I'll give you the example of 
uh, one of the team members. I actually grew up with him back in New Zealand. He found his way over here to Australia. And funny story is that his mum and my mum are also very close friends. To a level where they're so close that he was named after my name. And we share the same name. It's very corny. Um, now, past that story and him working in the team, what hit me was as a result of helping a customer, I've been able to, or multiple customers, I've been able to get the business to a stage where I've helped someone who's grown up with me to have employment, to be in the industry, to go and achieve some of the goals they've had. And these little things started making huge differences to me mentally. Like just a, a couple of customers in my first 13 months has helped multiple people gain employment in my team, has made differences to their lives and their families' lives, has made differences to the customers that I'm helping with their mindset and the wealth they're creating. And as a reward, there's also a difference made to my life. But that's now the triggering effect. The scale that I want to achieve is the same way I helped a, a family friend just transform their life and where they're going, other staff members in my team, customers, where they're going. I just want to do more of that. And the end result is sure there's also a reward for the company, a reward for us as a result, but being rewarded for helping people, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. So I think really that's where now it gets me up every day. I'm helping people create wealth, creating jobs. I'm impacting multiple people and I'm also impacting me and my family as a result of it. So that's, that's where now I get up in massive purpose. That's respect. You're, you're creating profound transformation externally to customers. You're creating job opportunities for, for people that are very close to you and obviously, obviously people who aren't, but you're just, you're creating, I think, all round transformation for people now intrinsically and externally. That's powerful. Yeah. And I think um, whilst that's also very replicable in the corporate world, from the organizations you work with and what the organizations do, having that control, having the full impact of it passed on by you, and having the choice of who gets impacted along the way, and making changes immediately, not run, running through barriers. Like if, I, I can recall just one thing that made me really excited was I, I had a customer tell me a couple months ago, I love the process. It was fantastic, Arjun. But there were too many emails. And I was like, wait, but doesn't everyone want a bunch of emails to make them feel like this person's working hard and doing everything for them, having their whole life outsourced with property? But he hit me in, the, in a really smart way, which was like, well, there's ways to optimize communication here. I would have gone through 20 deep barriers, through 20 layers of management to share my suggestion, to convince 100 stakeholders in a massive firm um, and then probably have a, a roadblock of it's, it's going to cost millions of dollars to apply the solution because of the scale and then go back to my you know, cubby hole in, in this little cubicle and go, oh, I can't do that, onto the next thing that, that's important to them. Like, that wasn't the case. I went back, I invested lots of money, lots of time in building out systems and, and, and optimizations in my processes so now customers can condense all their emails in one notification depending on how they want it. You want it every five minutes, 12 hours, every day. You want to see the whole process mapped out ahead of time so you might not even need emails. Like these little things, that's, that's something that like, you know, you can just take on feedback and make a difference in your business and, and do it now.
Yeah, and you obviously care about it. You are there to refine your systems and processes, get feedback from your customers, and you're there to just create a better experience for them, which is, which is very evident. And you're one of the very few people that I see who heavily invests, especially in year one, into the business, and you're so focused on reinvesting into the business. And that's why you're, I, I think you're also growing such an exception, exceptionally fast-growing business. Are you in the game, would you see yourself in the game of buying property or you're in the game of business? Business. And that business just makes a bunch of impacts in different ways. Jobs, property, confidence with their journey. Like you can, can imagine someone, not from a, a show-off lens, but from a confidence lens. You've never owned an asset before. You've wished how this could be a part of your journey. And then all of a sudden, someone's helped you buy two or three. What does that do to your financial confidence? What does that lead to so much other parts of your life, knowing that when you go out to dinner, you, it's okay because you've done a whole bunch of things for yourself, right? Like just little things. So, and, and, and this property business is just a tool that I feel that my skill set lies in. I feel that my confidence lies in. I feel that my ability to add value lies in. And that's what I think everyone needs to find. Like if property is your skill set or... You know, if, if these things are inspired, you know, you enjoy, you're motivated by it. Like this business part is really what it's all about. And this is just a tool. And, and, and that tool of property is what I feel, you know, confident in and, and motivated in. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. It's buying property is just a byproduct of, of running a business, right? Mm -hmm. What have you learned about yourself in the last 14 months running a business? Because I know from experience running businesses, it's an incredible opportunity to go introspective self-awareness hopefully uh, expands uh, professionally and personally transformation typically occurs what have you really learned about yourself over the last 14 months going through all the challenges and opportunities that you've been working through what i've learned about myself is um i found a new gear like you know you're in you're in fifth speed and then the sixth speed comes out of nowhere and you've got this you know, new, new, new powers or skills or, or so forth. And what I'm referring to with that example is that I thought that my limits, what I could do in certain times, how much of a service I could provide, it would look like this. With going into business, like, it's, it's not to say you don't care about whatever job you're in. People work hard all across the different jobs that are out there. But every day when it's your name, your reputation, you know, your image that is on the line with each and every customer, I found the sixth gear. What I can do for them, how much I can help. And I've really found that, like, what I thought I could do, and I, and I mean in terms of things I could do in a day, what I could, you know, achieve personally, achieve for others, it's just in, in new levels as a result of being in business. And I think that sixth gear is something that I can now try. And what I'm trying to do now is apply it to different parts of life. Um, I haven't successfully applied it to all parts of my life, but I know that with this newfound motivation, like I can, I can apply it in different ways. Do you acknowledge yourself for, for what you've done over the last 14 months? No, I don't think so. I don't think I do it enough. Um, but I think people around you can really shape that. Um, sometimes I'll be honest, like in, in, in business, you can, you can feel like, like nothing's happening like every day sometimes. 
um, only because of how invested you are in it. Like the, the downside of that becomes that you want to do so much more because you've seen that in such a short time you've made such a difference and you never look back, celebrate, reflect, um, you know, pinch yourself or anything. That, that never happens sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, having my family, my wife, my friends, my clients, mentors, that has helped me recognize and, and really start to think, yeah, look, I mean, there are differences being made. There is an improvement being made because sometimes that's probably the trap that business owners can fall in. You're in such a state of improvement all the time that you never look back and go, hold on a minute. Like I was just trying to see who I could help in my first few months, like 13 months ago, um, and, and trying to get them to understand how I can help to now like, it's just a whole different thing. So yeah, I don't think I do it enough, but um, I think I've got people around me that help me sort of do it. Did you ever think your business in that first 12 months would grow the way it did? I mean, you, you, you jumped straight in deep into the six-figure mark. Like, did you think it was going to go that way, genuinely? Goals, yes. But you know how sometimes you can just set these goals just because you think you're, you know, you think you're, like, inspired, motivated. Like, I know first steps are starting with goals, so I set some pretty decent ones. Um but on the back end, you can know that's fake. Like you just know you're setting them and you're like, yeah, oh, I want to help this many people. I want to do this. And, and you know you don't believe in it. So I, I genuinely didn't believe in it. Uh, but I felt like I sp- spoke it initially, but I didn't believe that I could achieve that. And so I was surprised. And I, and I still am surprised when I look back last 12 months. I was like, okay, this can happen. And you can achieve this next phase. So this next 12 months ahead, I'm, I'm renewing my confidence even more about what I'm going to set, what I can do. Uh, rather than just saying that, but then not really feeling it as much as I'm saying it. And I'm, I'm assuming your new goals, are they're going to be large because you've had such an incredible first 12 months that your, your second calendar year or financial year, however you're measuring it, it's going to be a big one. Yeah, definitely. Um, and in all aspects, the team that I want to build, the number of customers' lives that I want to impact, um, the people I want to help see, you know, what a buyer's agent can do for them from a residential property and also the transition for many residential investors into commercial property. Like just across all of these things together, I definitely feel that this year it gets far bigger um, because of that renewed confidence from my first year. Why do you think there has, like, there's not a lot of buyer's agents in Australia? I know you're new to the sector. Yeah. Um, I think it starts with a personal belief that why would someone pay someone else to do something for you um, and being property specifically but so many parts of our lives are outsourced today like you're doing it every day when you go for a meal it's a a restaurant or chef buyer's agent right like you know they're, they're helping you get that meal that you want to buy right when you go down to the to grab a car like like uber or a taxi like someone's driving you around like this whole outsource our life or parts of our life is happening every day at different levels of scale um, for different tasks. And it's just about time that people realize that the importance of outsourcing property. Um, it can impact your life in terms of time with family, time with friends. Um, it can impact your life financially by making decisions without as much of a deep dive of knowledge about it. Um, you can you know, rush decisions because of that feel like you've been missing out so for so long and, and you're you know you're really sick of it and you, you rush decisions sometimes 
your can be higher levels of stress because you keep worrying if you're mm. buying the right one or the wrong one. Um, there's so many things, right? Like there's so much. Th there's a problem out there today that there's too much information. Information overload is a huge problem. It's caused many of my clients who shared their stories to not make any decisions for years and years and years on end. Um, it's caused many people to believe one thing, then see another, and then now believe that second thing, and then not believe the first thing, right? Um, I, where, I, where it hit me hard was when I was you know, finishing my MBA, I actually tested this theory in my MBA. I had a, I had a topic, and in this one topic, I wrote an assignment that went in this direction, saying that X was incorrect, and here's why, with references. Then the same topic in my exam, I went in the other direction, said X was, Y is incorrect, and here's why. Both passed for the same, conce same concept. And that just made me realize that information, there's a problem with information. Like you can have references, you can find what you want to believe, and create a story of what you want to believe, right? Um, to the extremes, round earth, flat earth, right? <laughs> Like, the, the, like, even though it's silly, but like people genuinely believe this stuff and have research associated with it. And that's a massive problem with property. Oh, you can't get cash flow if you want capital growth. Oh, you can't get capital growth if you want cash flow. And then there's all these people I see from my banking career doing both. And I literally see it. I'm like, Why, what? what? What do you mean? And so that's, that's where, um, you know, coming back to this journey, like that's, that's where it's all sort of, you know, come together. It's incredible. And you're right. I mean, they're, they're, we're living in, in an information overloaded world right now and it's getting worse and it's overwhelming. You know, if, you wanna, if you're a punter out there trying to understand where to buy property, I mean, it could be too, too overwhelming. And so a buyer's agent is just going to make it concise, digestible, clear, defined strategy. This is what we do, which is a big value add, right? In this information overloaded world. I mean, we could sit here for days i mean i could sit here for days with you just picking up and learning around what you're up to and the journey you're on because it's inspiring and i think for people listening to this who are maybe in the employment world it's change is hard right i think in all aspects of our lives we don't typically like change as human beings uh, we like to get complacent with what we're doing was getting out of the, the the corporate world and running your own business a significant milestone in your life it actually takes me back to this um, story in primary school and everyone was dressing up for what they wanted to be and, and do. People came in like police officers uniform, um, you know, firemen, doctor, all this stuff and that was really cool. <laughs> I came in with hair slicked back like I was Draco Malfoy. <laughs> I came in on a little bit of a suit, this little six, seven-year-old, and, and I said, I want to run my own business one day. So it started from there. Um, but you get into the race of things, and look, I will never say that race of things, like the corporate world, wasn't a core part of it. I mean, you know, Jack Ma, perfect example, talks about people jumping into the world of big businesses, the operational processes, uh, systems, you know, to run a business at that scale, like that's valuable skills. Um, to service and add a high quality of service, create organizational culture, um, you know, and, and deliver a service level with such consistency across thousands of people. Like he, he talks about the importance of working in that sort of space. 
And then he also talks about the importance of working in small companies to have that dream, to have that vision, not just a dream and a vision that every big company slaps on a billboard, but the real stuff where they actually work to it every day and they're trying to actually see the astronomical changes in that small business. So that was super important, the big company. But it kept this milestone kept getting blocked off because you just get so engulfed in the next step. Oh, I want to go from a, a teller in my banking job to an assistant manager to a manager, to an executive manager, an area manager, and you get lost on this way up that you don't think about that original goal and milestone ahead. Um, so I've got to actually give all the credit to my wife who you know, gave me a bit of a shake-up and said, hey, do you ever question yourself when things are going so well that you should do something different? And I was like, why would you do that? Come on. Like I've just been humbled and blessed by the, probably the most rapid career progression at CBA at that time, um, Commonwealth Bank. And, and I was just... It was going really good, right? And I was just like, nah, nah, not leaving, not leaving, not leaving, not going. But the next step, the next step. And she just, what's the worst case? Like, you've done all this stuff already. You've had a, a career in the head office. You've had a career in the front line. You've had postgraduate studies. Um, you've built an asset base of assets. And I, I just thought that was normal. Like, come on, I'm just, just doing what I've got to do. And, 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 you know, just taking the good and trying to make it better and, and keep, keep rising. She's like, nah, like, come on, like, you, 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 there is no, there is challenges in your day-to-day -day work life, but there is no mental challenge or thing pushing you back in the longer-term journey. It's too predictable. And whilst we aim for predictability in parts of business, it's also like, it's also bad for you. Like, there's no, like, mental growth. And so she pushed me to go and say, quit. Um, however, I had a real estate portfolio that helped and assisted with that. Um, I had all these positives that I just talked about then. My wife was doing fairly well in her career. So I, I wouldn't say it was an uncomfortable decision, but that milestone became huge. And that became huge because of the, the history and, and my wife's support with that. So massive milestone. Yeah, you're huge. very fortunate to have your wife to support you and help activate that change. and. I guess, yeah, like I said earlier, we could sit here for days to un unpack your story. It's an inspiring story. I mean, it's been an honor knowing you over the 14 months, uh, witnessing your, your business transform. I mean, it's a privilege and you obviously you're very grateful and uh, you're a very humble guy. So thank you obviously for having this opportunity now to, to dive into your story. So thanks very much. Thank you. Check out Arjun, he's at investorkit.com.au. He's a really awesome entrepreneur. He's done incredibly well. I mean, as I've said multiple times, seeing this guy's business transform over 14 months has been remarkable. He's a gun property investor himself. Catch you next week on the next show. See you there. To find out more about how you can become a stellar buyer's agent yourself, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au.